Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Madam Perry's Salon, the podcast that loves you, the podcast where fascinating people meet. I'm your hostess, your groove mistress, and uh, your cruise director tonight, Madam Perry, but you can call me Jen, Jennifer, Perry, JP. I'm just happy to be here and happy that you are as well. Um, for anyone that's new to the show, for people who have tuned in just because they are fascinated by tonight's guest, let me just say Welcome. And also to explain, um, some of you may know the history of cultural salons in the past centuries. There would be, I think, a patroness of the arts who would have writers, musicians, artists, thought leaders, scientists into her home and call it a, a salon, a gathering, maybe once a week or month or so to share things that they were working on. Well, I can't have one... Um, even before the pandemic, I couldn't have one like I wanted in in, uh, in the tangible world. So my salon is in cyberspace, and that way I get to bring all kind of interesting people to you. And if you are subscribing, please go ahead and, if you would like, uh, leave a review or share with your friends. You know, one of my favorite things is that when people, I've had several reviews that said you like the fact that, the guest may be somebody you already know and of whom you are already a fan or someone you've never heard of, but it's all good to you, and I appreciate that so much. But always let me know what you like and, and what you want. Let's see, um, last week, oh, my gosh, this has been so much fun. Last week, I think we had uh, Moses Moe, the original and still guitarist for R&B funk band Mother's Finest, and of course he's out with his old, his own uh, Moses Mo and the Real Cool Band. And let's see, a couple of weeks before that, we had Hollywood scriptwriter, comic, and actor Brandy Stillwell. Okay, I laugh just thinking about it. Uh, Brandy was on a few years ago with her first comic book. She was working at DC Comics, but it's a character she created in an improv class that just became so popular that she made a, a comic book, and it's published by DC Comics, called Sasquatch Detective. And now she has, her new book is called None of This is Going According to Plan. It's about a um, young girl from the fields, uh, I don't know, the wheat fields of Kansas, goes to film school and then goes to Hollywood and all the adventures that take place. And if you listen to the show, you probably know that at one point I just pushed the microphone away, laid my head on my desk and laughed. She was that funny, so check that out. And coming up this Friday night, you probably know him as the longtime bass player with Todd Rundgren, uh, especially since the days of Utopia. He also plays with Blue Oyster Cult. He's played with Joan Jett. He's part of the Gilmore Project for uh, Meatloaf, 
and he's got um, an amazing uh, catalog of his own music too. When he tours, I just just playing his own songs. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Chasm Sultan. Chasm Sultan is on tour right now with his solo album. He just finished a tour with Todd a couple of months back, and he is going to be on the show. And we don't usually do a Friday night show, but because Kaz is on tour and his schedule during the week is is booked up, uh, we're going to have a show this coming Friday, February the 11th, with guitarist, uh, bass player, musician, songwriter, Chasm Sultan. So, yeah, we're going to have a good time. Last time he was here, it, somebody said it seemed like old home week. Everybody called in to talk to him. So definitely listen for that. It's a nice guest. So many people are psych- excited about this, as am I. Um, my guest tonight is a licensed psychotherapist. He's the author of several best-selling books. And... Most of the books he shares ways that people can deepen their experiences with spirit animals and evolve their relationship with them. Now, he has extensive years uh, of training, studying to his practice. Uh, he's an expert on a broad range of therapeutic techniques, and he offers his clients a unique and powerful synthesis of psychotherapy, somatic therapy, hypnotherapy, shamanic healing, uh, EMDR, Tapping, uh, oracle readings, just magnificent uh, array of skills and solutions and and processes he provides for his clients. But tonight we're going to talk about his brand new book that I <laughs> that uh, that I am enjoying myself. It's called Animals: Personal Tales of Encounter with Spirit Animals. So please welcome for the first time to Madam Perry Salon. Dr. Stephen Farmer. Dr. Farmer, welcome. Get comfy. Well, uh, thanks, Jennifer. Yeah, I, I think with your previous guests, I feel like I should either be able to sing and play or maybe be really <laughs> funny or something, you know, but I don't think that <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. I don't think you want to hear me sing, you know, so <laughs> we'll, we'll skip that part. <laughs> anyway, yeah, right. thanks for having me on as a guest, Jennifer. Oh, I'm delighted. And let me tell you, you know, um, yes, I've had a, a, a lot of uh, writers and a lot of actors and um, musicians on. And yet uh, somebody was asking me uh, just this past Sunday night about the guest. And I said, you know, yeah, that's great because people might already be a fan of a certain musician or go see them. I said, But every single time I have someone on uh, who's a scientist, uh, maybe a NASA JPL specialist uh, i've had anthrozoologists food historians uh, sociologists every single time you science people are party people let me tell you it's always fun uh well i i don't know whether to be flattered or not that you're, you're categorizing me as a science person <laughs> 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 ideal ideal you know somewhat with that but you know probably also and even more so, I'd say with, the, I, I don't know what to call them, magical, mystical realms, or as some people would say, uh, professional weirdness, you know, because <laughs> it, it's definitely not, uh, I don't think it's quite in the mainstream yet in terms of what my work has been about. So, um, yeah, and I love it. And I think it's, uh, and I, I just feel really blessed and grateful to be able to do the work I'm doing. I don't think I set out at, you know, 20 years old or something to say, oh, I can't wait to work with, you know, 
what might be viewed as weird things from uh, a certain perspective, <laughs> but with uh, spirit, animals, and ancestors, and all that stuff. But here I am, and loving it. <laughs> well, then again, you know, uh, working uh, as a psychotherapist, I mean, with the different types of therapeutic uh, techniques, uh, whether it's psychotherapy, um, hypnotherapy, Usually you don't see shamanic, at least you didn't used to see shamanic healing listed in there. Now, the MDR, the eye movement, True. desensitization, and reprocessing, and, and I know for a fact that works. I've, I've had a, yep. a psychologist do that for me. That is amazing. It's one of those things somebody described. Yep. It might have been Andrew Solomon um, in his book described it. said, you know, sometimes things sound like they'll be good and make sense, but they don't. And some things sound really wacky. Like they would never work, and they make sense, yeah, yeah, and they no, yeah, and they work, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's an, I, I was trained, certified actually in EMDR, and also a process called somatic experiencing, uh, created by Peter Levine, uh, and for general purposes, call it somatic therapy. And I consider myself um, uh, somewhat of an expert on uh, trauma and trauma recovery, and it's. It's becoming somewhat of a household name now. We're beginning to see a lot of information and understand how what that does, you know, and the effects of it, the the lingering effects of, um, oh, it could be a one-time trauma or it could be an ongoing trauma or uh, ones that are more difficult or childhood trauma that goes on and repeated. But the good news is that things like EMDR, um, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing that's a mouthful right there but we'll call it emdr where you use either eye movements or tapping the hands or clicks depending upon the person is visual auditory or more sensory and you alternate the rhythm like you uh, eye movements they go back as you if you've experienced you know what i'm talking about jennifer Mm -hmm. where the 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 guide or the coach or the therapist will guide you through these eye movements as you're thinking about the traumatizing experience Somatic experiencing um, really hit the nail on the head for me. It's like, oh, wow, the trauma. Let's start with the body. Because I've always been a body. When I had an active uh, psychotherapy practice, um, I was very much a body-oriented therapist. Because I think that what's going on in the body at any given time is really a, a really good clue as to what's happening to the individual. And in somatic therapy, uh, we focus on that. Uh, and bring that to light and then do some processes that help release the, you could say, the frozen energy of the body that um, is a result of earlier traumatizing experiences. You know, we tend to get, you know, body armor is another way to say it. And so we want to just kind of gradually and gently unfreeze those frozen parts. You know, in a nutshell, that's what somatic therapy is. But any treatment even when i did emdr it was always incorporating uh the somatic aspects of of the uh, treatment um and i love it it just it just makes so much sense and thank god that there's people out there you know that are teaching about trauma that are teaching about the effects of trauma and more importantly how to recover from those effects i think that is Mm. like thank god you know it explains a lot about the human dilemma Mm -hmm. definitely and uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I could go on, but I won't, because we got to talk more about uh, your new work, too, and, and everything that you do. Um, sure. You have a new book, and it is called Animals, 
personal tales of encounters with spirit animals. And this is, um, there are several people who have contributed stories or essays to this yeah. book, haven't they? Um, what brought this book together or, or brought you to create it? And how did you come about um, either inviting or bringing other people to share their stories? Well, first of all, just describe what the book is about. Well, sure. It's um, it really follows a few other publications I've done related to spirit animals, power animals, etc. So I had established myself um, in that arena uh, as you know someone that teaches this sort of thing and also practices it. Um, the publisher Ariel from Sacred Stories actually contacted me. I did a online presentation through her company, Sacred Stories. Uh, dot com, and uh, she contacted me because I'm known um, in the field uh, for spirit animals. You know some other things too, as I mentioned the trauma stuff and shamanism, shamanic practice, and all that. But specifically, um, because she wanted to develop actually a series that she calls uh, the sentience, or more accurately, common sentience. And what that series is, I think, is a brilliant idea. She has contacted various uh, individuals known in this in their field and has taken a theme, such as animals or specifically spirit animals, archangels, ascended, um, ancestors, sound, etc. I think there's probably about eight of us in this series. So that I was invited to be the featured author. So because I have a name, I think it lent itself to the distribution of the book. And what is absolutely amazing, I think it's a brilliant idea, is with each of these books, including mine, not only is there a featured author that has some established reputation in any of those particular fields, but also inviting others to uh, submit their stories for possible inclusion in each of these volumes. And of course she reached out and uh, we helped her find people that might offer some stories. And I I guess a a whole bunch of stories showed up and it was cold down that I think there's 25 or maybe 27, but somewhere in there, 25 to 27, very short, you know, two, three, four pages at the most stories of encounters like it says in the subtitle encounters with spirit animals great stories in there i just i'm so thrilled to be part of this uh part of this community you know that has contributed their stories what i did jennifer is Mm -hmm. my job was to uh, write the front end you know what are spirit animals etc you know and describe that and how do you know they are and you know some of the questions that people that aren't particularly those who aren't familiar with this would actually want to know about. And then at the other side, the back end of the book is another sort of a closing comments written and then offering a couple of my stories, you know, which I've got a, I've got a few of my encounters with spirit animals, which are numerous, quite frankly. So um, that's been, that's what the premise of this series is and specifically this book. And there's, there, like I said, there's some pretty amazing stories in there. And um, one in particular, if I may, just go ahead and jump into this. That yeah, is, um, 
it's the opening story of the book, you know, after my introduction, etc. An animal communicator named, and an animal communicator is, some, that's not, I don't consider myself to be an animal communicator. It's more spirit animals. Uh, an animal communicator submitted this amazing story about a horse that she was called to tend to. The horse was going to be euthanized uh, because he had a, a, a large tumor that was untreatable and she was called in along with the veterinarian who was going to you know put the as they say euphemistically uh, put the animal to sleep but you know euthanize the animal mm-hmm. uh, mercy, uh, uh, mercy uh, mercifully mm-hmm. and when she got there she uh, heard in her inner voice the horse's communication a simple sentence that said i took it from her and she's going, huh, I, wonder, I don't know what that means yet. So she continued to inquire what the horse kept communicating to her is I took it from her. And this happened about three times. And what she learned from the mom that was there is that her daughter, who was about 15, I believe, had had an inoperable a brain tumor. Get this, okay, this is, miracle. This is a miracle. And so what happened as the pieces were put together is somehow I have no way of understanding or explaining how. That's why I call it a miracle. The horse, out of his love for this young woman who cared for her many, many years, sacrificed his life so that she could live. So what he meant by that in communicating to the animal communicator, Laura, mm-hmm. was I took it from her so she could live. Now that is, oh, wow, you know, that is yes. miraculous. I read that story, you know, when I got the book and I read that story and I went, oh, my God, you know, I got tears falling out of my eyes. So it was so touching. That's one of the most powerful, but, you know, it really grabs you. But there, there are others, too, that are just as intriguing, mm-hmm. just as powerful, just as amazing, and just as miraculous. Yeah, that, that was the one from Laura Rowley. And, uh, yeah, with the horses, I, I took it from her. I took yep. it for the girl. Yeah. Yeah, I Which took it for the girl. Could you, uh, <laughs> you know, it's hard to go on. And, by the way, I was going to say, if, if yeah. you're enjoying the show, if you, if you have a question or comment for Dr. Farmer, uh, please, you can call 646-716-9922, which is a toll-free call in the continental U.S. Uh, if you can't make a call, you can always send me a message, questions on Facebook, either through Madam Perry Salon or Jennifer Maudette Perry, and I'll be happy to share it. Um, I think I may be able to keep Dr. Farmer for, heck, almost 45 minutes or just however long he can stand before sure. that. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna hang around, you know. Oh, good, good, good. You know, this is a this is a an old, like the old type of salon. But since um, mine is in a, in a big home in Europe, mine's here in a. Well, okay, one of the first guests that was ever on here, Doctor Farmer, went back and told people, "I've been to Madame Perry's salon 
it looks like the inside of Jeannie's bottle. So here we are in a Jeannie <laughs> bottle in cyberspace. That's why I gave you these big pillows to sit on. So hope you're comfy because we're going to talk. Yep. Uh, could you, first of yep. all, before we go into any more stories, talk for, uh, explain just to us, some people, of course, know a lot about this, and some may not be as familiar. But could you describe the difference uh, or what is meant by the term spirit animal and how is that different or similar to a totem animal? Uh, sure, yeah. The, um, a, a little backdrop to all this is shamanism. And it's, uh, shamanism itself has become um, increasingly, uh, shall I say, increasingly understood. Uh, there's more and more people practicing some of these shamanic processes, healing, etc., uh, it's really the oldest healing system that uh, has been around in humans. Uh, I mean, we're talking, you know, tens of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of years ago. The gift of the shaman was the capacity to consult, if you will, with his uh, vis- in non-visible friends, shall we say, or non-visible consultants, you know, spirit animals, ancestors, etc. And in doing so, he was able to travel to this realm called non-ordinary reality. Another way to say it, it's an alternate reality just across the veil. It's right here, but you typically don't see it, you know, in, in a everyday reality or ordinary reality. So there were certain ways that he or she could travel in that way and then consult with the guides and then bring that information back to the tribe for uh, healing purposes, uh, also divina- something called divination, which means where where are the where's the buffalo you know where can we go not i say buffalo it's not just native american it's it's in just about every indigenous tribe that i'm aware of as well as even you and i long ago ancestors lived in a community where there was a shaman i'll guarantee you it's some sometime and we're talking you know quite a while ago but somewhere in our deep 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 lineage there was a shaman so um enough said about that uh, what um, one of the shamanic realities uh, that I referred to was the uh, relationship, and I'm going to say he, but it could be he or she, the relationship that he developed with various spirit animals. And with those spirit animals, they would provide protection, guidance, healing, etc. Excuse me one second. There we go. Um, so, my orient, my uh, introduction to shamanism was, oh, gosh, I think almost getting close to about 35 years ago. And uh, I had a very active psychotherapy practice. Uh, I was feeling the urge, though, like there's something more. And I was introduced to it through a book called Way of the Shaman by Michael Harner. And mm-hmm. I decided to go ahead and take a two-day introductory course. And uh, Jennifer, it blew me away. I was like, wow, okay, this is the next step for me. You know, so I started gobbling up training after training in different, uh, shall we say, different types of shamanism, Tibetan, uh, Hawaiian shamanism, Huna, uh, Celtic shamanism, etc., and other courses that were put on or sponsored by the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, which was Harner's uh, organization. He was basically given the assignment to teach as many people as possible. And like he said one time, he said, as long as humans are doing what they're doing to the earth, I'm going to keep teaching it. And that was very courageous because he was like an anthropologist 
And at that time, anthropologists still figured that they were total science <laughs> and you don't participate in ceremonies and stuff like that. Well, Michael did. Anyway, let me, let me abbreviate this a little bit. So anyway, I, I took off with that. I had written some books as a therapist, one of which I read, uh, you know, is still out and available, but I didn't write for a number of years. And then uh, the more that I trained and studied shamanism, I went, wait a minute, there's some things from here that if you have, people have no interest in shamanism, they can benefit, you know, from various uh, aspects of shamanism. Examples, sacred ceremony. That was my mm-hmm. first book. You, you think sacred ceremony, you don't go, oh, sh- shamanism. No, you don't. The ceremony is an important part of our lives. Funerals, weddings, uh, rites of mm-hmm. passage, etc. Mm-hmm. And it naturally gravitated towards spirit animals. Uh, first book was power animals. The next one was animal spirit guides. You know, a t- 212 possible animal spirit guides, what their messages are, that sort of thing. And then uh, oracle cards, which are kind of a, a user-friendly tarots. Uh, and they are really cool oracle cards. There's tons of them out there, you know. And so I started creating those, which led me to this book here, Animals, uh, the one we're, we're talking about, we were talking about. So what a spirit, an- there, there are three terms that I'm going to address here. Spirit animal, which I, I, I use animal spirit guide and spirit animal interchangeably. So spirit animal, if you hear me say one or the other, it means the same thing. Uh, second is totem animals, which you hear. You made that reference. And the third mm-hmm. is power animals. Mm. Um, here's the 25 words or less <laughs> simple formula <laughs> for whether an animal is a spirit animal. <laughs> Um, when an animal appears in an unusual way and or repeatedly in a short space of time, there's something pretty big going on. And it could be the physical animal or it could be a symbol of the animal, like waking up from a big dream, seeing a poster with this animal, going to the supermarket and hearing somebody talking about the same animal. You know, uh, repetition in that way, too, symbolically. And so what's going on? Um, and I'm not asking anyone to really believe this. What I would ask is that you'd be willing to test it out, experiment with it. That's the best proof when you have an experience. But to start with, uh, my job is to point the way as to how you have that experience. So when an animal appears in an unusual way or repeatedly like that, it's great spirit, or you could say God if you want to, or source or the universe, whatever. But I like either great spirit or or God, that's okay. Uh, Great Spirit is the one I often refer to, but you get what I'm saying. It's Uh like Great Spirit is saying, okay, Stephen, here's the deal. We need to get a message to you, and we figure the best way we're going to do this is is through an animal. So this animal appears. Let's say uh, owl, you know, that uh, I, I live in Dana Point, California, and yeah, there's owls around here, but not very frequently. And one day, I, I, I literally, this happened, I walked out my front door to take my dogs for a walk in the evening. And I hear this owl. So I start singing, you know, we're bouncing back and forth (laughs) in his language. (laughs) And uh, we had a trip, it was a gas, you know, we went, um, we walked to the park. i walked to the park with my dog and he sang, he and I sang to each other all the way over there. So I considered that an unusual experience. So I would tag that as an animal spirit guide or a spirit animal. Let's call it animal spirit guide. So um, I figured maybe he's got a message for me. 
And in fact, he did. And it was, I'm an itinerant um, folk singer, rock and roll. Music is my art, you know, one of my arts, I should say. And I love music. I play guitar. I've written songs, et cetera. But it's more of a hobby. It's not a not a, a career or anything like that. You know, I wish I was that good, but I'm not, you know, I do. Okay. Anyway, he, he was reminding me to sing, you know, basically saying, look, dude, you haven't sung for a long time. So get on it. <laughs> and I did, I heeded the message. So that's an example of an animal spirit guide, a totem animal, Jennifer, and please interrupt, you know, if you have questions about any of this, please do. So I'm sure that okay. the other I listeners will. may have also. Yeah, just jump in and say, uh, well, Stephen, you can call me Stephen, too. It's okay. Okay. Uh, so the second thing I mentioned is totem animal. And totem is a spirit animal that's shared by a group, a clan, a community. I heard a couple weeks ago somebody was telling me that there was a 12-step program that had adopted a totem animal, you know, a specific animal or spirit animal, more accurately, that became um, uh, the totem animal for the group totem poles you've heard of, you know, in the Pacific Northwest. Uh-huh. And what we think they're about is that in any particular tribe, there were different clans. So the, the clan, each clan would have a representation in the totem. And then the animal that's portrayed at the top of the totem was the overall totem for the entire tribe. So that's a totem. Uh, we have um, rough uh, semblances of totems. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Los Angeles Rams, etc., oh, etc. Et yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, but you know they don't, they're not thought of as totem animals necessarily. But I find it interesting. We've got a contemporary uh, sample of something like that at uh-huh. least. So, <laughs> okay. Last, last but not least, power animals. Power animals really comes from shamanism, you know, and that's anybody who works with uh, shamanism typically uh, develops, initiate and develops a relationship with at least one or two power animals, possibly a couple more, but not 153 power animals. <laughs> That's like having 153 <laughs> of your best friends, you know, over for a party. No, 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 no. You, you don't need that many. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, w- I work with four over the years uh, that have, a, shall I say, acquired me, you know, <laughs> A little bit at a time, and uh, I'll glad to share with that in just a moment. But I want to identify what a power animal is. It's it's a power animal is a spirit animal, typically associated with shamanism. But what I discovered through my work is not it doesn't have to be. Again, that was part of my mission that I was assigned or called to do. Is yeah, you can have a particular spirit animal that is a long term association. Um, a fellow I knew, he had uh, loved elephants. You know, he had elephant ties. He read books on elephants. That's a pretty good clue that that's a specific kind of spirit animal called a power animal. Mm-hmm. And the power animal is a long-term relationship. Often people refer to that as a totem animal. I'm fine with that. You know, I'm not going to quibble. You want to call it a totem animal, that's fine. But you get the point is it's a spirit animal that's with you for years and those are some of the distinctions anyway i hope that uh, fills that in i i realize i spoke a lot about that but that kind of outlines what you know the different types of spirit animals are and also an example of what that's like 
No, that's exactly what we wanted to know. So, yeah, thank you. Um, I'm going to take just a, before I come back to the other stories, I'm going to take just a little uh, break to play something from uh, a sponsor and a message because, uh, and, and we'll get a drink of water, and I'll be right back with. Uh, <laughs> I, I am just amazed by, you know, it's like I've read your book. So I felt like I knew how, what to expect, but still, getting it uh, from you is a whole different thing. So anyway, we'll be back in about two minutes with more Dr. Stephen Farmer. I mean, the world has gone crazy, right? I mean, this whole pandemic, I, I, I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore, you know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out, right, that was a good thing, was the Madame Paris Salon. I made this podcast, right, when you hear her laughing, all you want to do is laugh, right? When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the dog, I'm like, she's going to an interview, and I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? <sighs> Ugh, what a day. I just need some me time for once. Yes, perfect. I got the new bath bombs today. Peach and clove, here we come. Mim and the Anvil makes the best smelling herbal blends of bath bombs. You can order loose or ground herb, added buttermilk, extra large, even ones with hidden gifts inside. There are over 25 essential oil varieties. After today, my body definitely needs some spiritual nourishment and lots of fizz. Her metaphysical blends are soothing in more ways than one. Visit MimAndTheAnvil.com today. Make time for yourself. There are over 100 herbal blends of bath bombs. Keep a healthy body and mind. Feed your soul. Visit MimAndTheAnvil.com today. If you don't make time for yourself, no one else will. All right. Thank you. We are back with Dr. Stephen Farmer and his new book, Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals. And it has uh, stories from several different people in here that are fascinating. This book is... um People tell uh, are telling tales of their of spirit animals appearing to them in real life in dreams symbolically, uh, the sharing mystical, but also practical medicine and how these spiritual allies can guard, aid, heal, and guide you in the most unexpected and delightful ways. So uh, there's little hints on on the press paper about some of the stories in here, and I don't know. Uh, Stephen, if you'd want to tell us one, but let me just give a couple of hints. Uh, <laughs> there's one. Um, it says this, there are true stories in the book, like uh, an otter that instills confidence in a young single mom, which makes me think of the remember the movie Bright Ring of Water. Did you ever see that? No, I never did. I never heard of it. Oh, okay. It's an old British film. I think it might be 60s or 70s. Um, hmm. Let's see, a poison dart frog that cautions about caring for air in our water. Um, uh, uh, And I think there was one title, uh, one chapter title, 
uh, My Emotional Support Shark. They all have great mm, titles. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. So is yep. there a particular story or two you'd like to uh, talk about in there or maybe your own? Sure. Yeah, well, I can share one of my own, too. And uh, one comes to mind is a dear friend of mine who wrote one and uh, submitted it, The Cat, a Coyote, and the Crows. And um, I'll try to abbreviate it. Oh, by the way, if I can ask you this, could you – do you have a different pillow I can sit on? Uh, sure, hon. Just uh, – I know it's a little dim okay. in here. Right. If you would reach That's over okay. to your me... left – just bit. My left. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. There we go. Better. better. Oh, yeah. God bless yeah. you. Oh, much better. Thank you. Oh. So anyway, um, the uh, cat, coyote, <clears throat> and the crows. <clears throat> Forgive me. <clears throat> I've been talking a lot today. In fact, hold on one <laughs> sec. There we go. I muted you so I wouldn't do that in the in the uh, microphone. <laughs> Cat, Coyote, and the Crows, uh, Judy Lemon is her name. And she uh, had a cat named uh, Lulu, I think it was. I'm pretty sure that was the cat's name. Older cat. And she heard a bunch of crows outside her door, and she wondered, what the heck is going on? Again, that's not unusual, you know, crows. But they were, it was such a cacophony of noise from the crows that she went out to the backyard, and there was a coyote that had her cat in its jaws. And even though she has a fenced backyard, what a lot of people don't know is coyotes can jump fences. You know, we've had experiences here in this neighborhood because we live, uh, there's a couple of canyons right nearby. That's where they live. Anyway, so she got really big and made a lot of noise and the coyote dropped Lulu. And there were some injuries to to the cat. The cat couldn't walk, uh, took the cat to the the vets. And um, in addition to uh, working with the wounds, discovered that the cat had cancer. So mm. Lulu was not um, probably going to live very long. So uh, Judy was also going to be taking a trip in about three, I think three days from there. And she was a- still able to take the trip, but she wasn't sure if she was going to go or not, depending on what happened with Lulu. They found out Lulu had the cancer. And so she made it, you know, she found I couldn't, you know, I couldn't leave and leave her in that condition that as a result of the coyote's wounds. So what she did um, once she found out that um, she, Lula was going to die anyway from the, the various tumors that she had. So she decided to euthanize uh, Lulu and with, um, you know, sadness as it is always true when you uh, put down a beloved pet mm-hmm. and, the warning from the crows, it, it's her belief, and I believe it also, that the crows gave her warning about that. And the link between the crows, the coyote, and the cat was just amazing that um, had she not, had the, well, let me put it this way, the coyote, if, had the coyote had not grabbed Lulu, she would never, Judy would never have discovered that, in fact, Lulu was quite ill. And so she was able to be with her when she was euthanized and said farewell and, um, and then ended up going on her trip anyway because, you know, she didn't have any reason to stay because Lulu was uh, put to sleep. So that's one story that comes from there. Another is a coyote. If I might go ahead and jump in, I'll tell you another short I'll try to keep, keep yeah. it short, which is difficult for me because I tell I, – I, once you punch a button, I'm like talking. 
but I'll do my best. You guys have to come back. Oh, I'm happy to. Yeah, happy to, Jennifer. Um, well, like I said, we live in. There's a couple of canyons nearby where the coyotes live, and occasionally neighbors or we see one, but not very often. Anyway, one time I'm in the park again, walking my dogs. It's twilight, you know, so the sun had pretty well set. And I guess it was more like dusk. And I saw this coyote walking. I thought it was a dog at first, and I, I moved over closer to it. And it was a coyote just walking down the street like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. So, again, okay, what's the message? I tuned in. Here's, here's how you do this, okay? This is one way to do it to find out what the message is. What a concept. You go, you ask the spirit animal. So coyote served as, you could say, a representative of the larger collective consciousness of all coyotes. So it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big deal. And again, great spirit is, um, I want to say chosen, but great spirit has sort of infiltrated the collective consciousness of all coyotes and sort of said to this coyote, look, uh, take a walk down the street, okay? Farmer's over here, and he, he, you need to have him get your attention. And he did. So I'm watching this coyote, and I'm thinking, wow, coyotes don't see them very often. They're around, I know, but I don't see them very often. So I said, and this is what you do with a spirit animal or a potential spirit animal, is you just close your eyes, take a couple of breaths, and say, coyote's spirit or whatever the animal is, coyote spirit, what's your message? And what I heard, and that's often how I get messages, Jennifer, is, the, uh, is auditory, uh, the, voices in my, the voice in my inner mind. What I heard on my, in the inner voice was, beware of some deception in your life. And it's one of three people very specific, which I appreciate. I like those kind of messages. <laughs> a little myster- mysterious, you know, a little mysterious, but uh, yeah, you know, okay, well, uh, let me check that out. So thank you, Coyote Spirit. Um, thank you for the message, and thank you for the uh, courier, the messenger, that coyote that was, walk- that was walking down the street. So I spent some time compl- contemplating that message. What, what could that be? And by the way, coyote is sometimes known as the trickster. So, and can be deceptive. So there's also a metaphor there of uh, characteristics of the animal themselves. So after contemplating this, and I go, okay, this person, maybe, no, I don't get it, but okay, maybe. What about this? Oh, oh, okay. So I tuned in on this second person. I didn't even go to the third. And I went, this could be, you know, I've been, uh, my wife has been telling me this all along. I just haven't listened that this guy is doing some kind of deceiving. And it's a, no need to go into a lot of the details, but I invested some money with him and he was going to pay me and he didn't pay me and he kept stalling and, you know, one thing after the other, that kind of story. And so finally I realized, okay, <laughs> Should have listened to my wife, right? <laughs> and Coyote had, but Coyote, you know, spirit animal guy, I guess. I had to have it from a spirit animal to confirm what my wife was saying all along. Oh, God. <laughs> Sometimes wives know best, you know, I realize that. Anyway, so 
um, one, one thing led to another, and I finally took some action and went to consult an attorney, et cetera, and got things rolling. And we ended up settling, you know, which I much prefer. And um, that was due to Coyote's uh, message to me that things got going, you know. I, I listen to those messages, you know, I heed them. I think they're very important. Um, I, I walk in one uh, evening or near evening to my home office. I have an office here at the house, and I'm hearing crickets. Uh, well, okay. All right. <laughs> Jennifer, think about character. Car- first thing that comes to your mind when you think of crickets. What do you think? What comes to mind? Well, you know, people use crickets uh, as, as a euphemism now for like nothing, saying nobody's saying anything. Okay. I also think of being outside and good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the noise they make. That's kind, you know, that kind of click. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the owl. All of those. All of those are accurate. And it could be the message was any one of those things. I didn't think much of it the first night, but then the second night I went, well, this is interesting. You know, okay, again, put on the hat, you know, animal spirit. Let's see what's going on. So I did the same thing I just uh, said when I did with coyote Um, and kind of like with owl, you know, singing to each other all the way to the park. Um, Same thing. The same message was sing, really simple, sing. And um, so I did, you know, I picked up, I've got... (laughs) got a couple of guitars, you know, so I started, I hadn't sung for a long time or sat down and just enjoyed playing and singing, you know, I, which I do as uh, a creative expression, you know, one of alternate ways of uh, expressing creativity, the creative pulse. And I tell you, it was really, uh, I thank the spirit of crickets for that, um, that message, because it got me back into singing and playing, you know, like I neglected for a while and I, I love it. It's good for the soul. You know, as you, you had musicians on before, and I'm sure they speak of that in some way. Good for mm-hmm. the soul, good for the body, and good for the creative expression. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm laughing, not laughing at you. I'm laughing at just the delight that must have felt like to be getting that message. Right. It's like, okay, I, I get it. And you're right. And I get it. And I'm clicking and I'm, I'm going to play and, and I'm going to sing and just a kind of a, a feel good. Oh, what am I going to say? A chumminess with the, with the uh, animal world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think most people love animals of some sort. They may not like all animals, you know, wild bears or something like that, <clears throat> but we have an association. And I think one of the reasons we are an animal, you know, let's face it, you know, we're mm-hmm. monkey bodies, you know, basically evolved from mm-hmm. the monkeys. We have something that's different, which is this, uh, what I call self-reflective consciousness. You know, we can think back on ourselves. We can view ourselves. You know, we have that capacity to think. We're not the only animal that does, but perhaps, perhaps, you know, one of the more sophisticated in that sense. And um, I think that reason alone and the fact that we're instinctive, for instance, talking about trauma, um, <clears throat> excuse me, swallow, <clears throat> talking about trauma, you know, it's so fascinating that when you begin to understand trauma from the body, you know, starting with the body, that uh, what happens when we perceive a threat, what do we do? 
Well, first thing is we uh, alert and assess. Mm-hmm. What other animals do? Deer caught in the headlights. You know, if you've walked, you know, take a walk through the forest, you see a group of deers. What are they doing? They're, they got their heads up looking right at you. You know, what's going mm-hmm. on here? <laughs> it's instinct. And we are um, creatures of instinct, if you will. Humans are. So what happens then, if there's no, percent, if there's no threat, an interesting thing happens. If I perceive something that could be life-threatening in some way, I go on alert, I assess it, and then if there is no danger, often, and this you'll see with deers, is you'll see the skin sort of shaking a little bit. And what they're doing is the, what they're doing is the cortisol that jumps into the system to alert us, mm-hmm. then starts right. to get, we start to discharge that, that tension, uh-huh. you know, the necessary tension for survival. So we might twitch, we might flush, we might cry, we might tear, some kind of release of that energy. And if there is an actual threat, guess what we do? The first thing any animal does, get the heck out of there. <laughs> you know, leave. You know, leave. <laughs> Get away. Can I get away from this threat? And um, if we can, great. We're successful. Again, we might experience that kind of shaking or discharge of the energy. Can't escape. The next recourse could be to fight. You know, uh, use our aggression to get out of the situation. If that doesn't work, and this is the most interesting part, what happens? We collapse. The circumstances of the last two years, in my opinion, in part, can be related to what I've just been describing. Instinctively, we feel kind of trapped. And, and I'm really generalizing here. You know, it's not true for everybody, mm-hmm. but I think broadly it is. We're seeing a, an amazing increase in the last two years of anxiety and depression. Well, mm-hmm. what is depression? But it's a collapse. I don't see a way out. What do I do? I feel helpless. What do I do? Well, I'll just sit here, you know, and, and drink more or medicate some other way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, it's kind of a, a shifted subjects here, but I think it's it's fascinating. Back to well, not the fact sort of, but not really. Yeah, but it is. It 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 does. Um, I mean, you said shifted subjects, but still, this is uh, this is something that's occurring now. Yeah. And, Yeah, how do you? I find it. I find you, it fascinating. Yeah, how do you think that um, uh, listening to or being uh, aware of spirit animals, tot- um, totems, familiars, uh, whatever, can get people can can make a difference for people right now? Because you know there was a big thing about when the pandemic began. People locked down. People got pets. Then they started giving them back. Some did after yeah, they got back yeah. into leaving for the office or whatever. Um, right. I well, guess I'm trying to ask you, this, how would you recommend people, this is because part three of the book is deepening your connection with spirit animals. How would you recommend or suggest people deepen a connection with a spirit animal that may help that uh, uh, edge off that feeling of collapse? Absolutely. Great question. And here's my pitch, okay? In a general way, 
um, what's going on is there is an awakening in human consciousness, an awakening to this different reality that's right here, right now. And that is, you could say, the spiritual reality. So um, I think the, the most important thing to do is get yourself in alignment with spirit in some way. Not in a fundamentalist way or uh, having to do with morality or this or that or whatever, but to where you can communicate with the ordinarily non-visible world, that you can teach yourself, you can learn from others how to do that. Like I'm talking, I'm telling you how to do this. Mm-hmm. And one of the most accessible ways to get guidance, you know, through this morass of confusion, you know, is to every day just be alert to how spirit is communicating and guiding and calling you. And there are other ways too. I'm not saying spirit animals are the only way, Jennifer, but they're certainly a very convenient way and they're very accessible. You don't have to have anything to do. It's not about shamanism, you know, not really. It's an overused term these days anyway, as it is. It's about Mm -hmm. being able to stay in alignment with your soul's purpose with your, the destiny, with what you came here to do. And that can be challenging during um, the trials that we've had to face here over the last couple of years. And who knows where it's going? So regardless mm-hmm. of where it's going, I mean, look at the, the climate is changing. Yeah, duh. Nah. <laughs> Take a look. So yeah. where do we find stability in instability? We find it, you know, when days gone by, they might say, God, I'm okay with that. That's fine, you know. But the term I use is great spirit to find alignment with spirit in whatever way. Like every morning I, I, I sit down and I, I use the computer, but I, I write in my journal about what's going on. And then I slow down, take a few breaths. And then I ask my ancestors, you know, for any kind of message I need to receive. And just by asking, it's amazing the messages I get. Or I might ask Raven, which is one of my main spirit animals, power animal. Hey, Raven. What's up? You know, mm-hmm. what's my message? You know, thanks for offering, you know, whatever you have to say. And just that simple exercise, you know, I get some really, I, Jennifer, I like the simple and the profound. And when the <laughs> messages come through, you know, they're, yeah, what a, quite a mix, huh? Um, <laughs> save your money. That's simple and profound. <laughs> at the same time, at the same time, we had a guy, anyway, that's another story. Anyway, you get my point, you know, is whatever you can do yes. to, to sustain a, a consistent, uh, stable alliance with a spirit guide or spirit guides, great. I don't care if they're angels, ancestors, you know, it doesn't really matter. Those ordinarily non-visible, I say ordinarily because some people see them, you know, but, um, and the cool thing, the coolest thing about animals serving as spirit guides is that you, um, they're all around. You know, turn on the television, you know, there's an animal there, you Mm -hmm. know, look at a book in your shelf. There's an animal, there's a feather on the shelf there. You walk outside, you know, there's a coyote, like I said, Uh, you look up and there's a hawk flying, you know, above you. Uh, They're they're available. So it makes it more accessible when you begin to understand the connection between the specific physical animal and the collective consciousness of that animal, which we're calling the spirit. So that, that, that hawk is like a sales rep, if you will, you know, for a message from spirit. I like to, I like to put it that way. Yeah. Sales rep. Hey, Steven, pay attention. Three hawks are flying right above your head. What, what's going on? Take a look. 
ask your question, you know, thank them for their message, you know, and then pay attention to what it is. The other, the other piece I would just simply would want to add to that too is as you begin working with spirit animals, there's a, a principle called reciprocity, mm-hmm. which simply means the exchange. You know, it happens all the time. Take a breath. Ah, and what are you doing? You're giving oxygen to the trees and the plants. Uh, breathe in. What are you doing? You're receiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take a breath. You're receiving. Exhale. You're giving. There's always reciprocity going on. Mm-hmm. What I'm encouraging people to do, especially with spirit animals and animals in general, is reciprocate. When you get gifts from animals, you'll give something back. You know, donate your time, your money, your energy, whatever, to, you know, reputable organizations, for instance. You know, Humane Society is a good one, U.S. Uh, Defenders mm-hmm. of Wildlife. I can name you about a half a dozen, but you get the point. So right. that I am actively reciprocating. It's a lesson we in Western civilization has kind of been lost along the way. You know, how much money can I make? Well, how about giving away 10% of it mm-hmm. <laughs> as a thank you? You know, another friend. Excuse me, I'm ranting. So, <laughs> Stephen, is laugh or something? <laughs> I got real this, serious there. So. This has gone. This this has just gone by, and, and it just felt like minutes. Uh, and we've been together almost uh, just about an hour, and uh, I don't want to let you go, but I know I have to. If I can get you back, I have to be able to be show proof that I will let you let you return. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, happy to do so. Um, yeah, you understand have, that. It's uh, like you're you're a musician. I read your story oh, about your, you. yeah. your first Martin, your first Martin acoustic that you wanted oh, so badly. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I know with my, uh, for, for a long time I had a jazz combo, and I would always say, I have to treat my musicians well, and I have to make sure they get paid. The club pays me so I can uh, pay them, or the agent pays me, yeah. because if I don't yeah. send them back home to their partners with the money and being treated well and fed – they may not let them come back. So yeah. I have to treat you well yeah. and let you go home so you oh, can come sweetheart. back here yeah, again. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy, yeah, just, uh, you know, send me, a, send me an email. And, uh, I you will. Can set something up. I, I can, okay. There's tons of stuff I can talk about. I'd love to have a discussion with you. And plus, I uh, like the fellow on the, the break, you know, I love your laughs. <laughs>, That's oh, thank you. There you go. Well, you know, part of it, Jennifer, real quick, is just, you know, have fun, have a sense of humor, laugh more in your life. You know, people, we got to yeah. do that, you know, in, amidst the heaviness of the times, you know, find ways that you can enjoy and you can laugh and you can giggle. Play yeah. with the puppy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, do things Lord. that make, yeah. they're just fun and light. So God bless you for having a sense of humor, Jennifer. Thank well, you. Like I, and I'd love I to told be your guest you. again. Just let me know. <laughs> What did I tell you before we came on the air? I've had a, I've got a long history with herding dogs, corgis, shepherds, Australian cattle dogs. That's right. I'm used to being herded yeah. around. And once you relax and start letting them lead you, it's a great life. Uh, especially great. as long as you Good keep feeding them. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That's exchange. There you go. Reciprocity. <laughs> Reciprocity is a, is is a very important word to me. I am so thrilled to have had Dr. Stephen Farmer on here tonight. I will be sharing uh, all of his contact information, the, the website, and uh, any way you can find out about his books, oracle readings. Uh, 
everything you could possibly want. Earth Magic Oracle Cards. Oh, Dr. Stephen Farmer, you got it going on. DrStephenFarmer.com. But because a lot of people listen when they're driving home uh, to and from work or, or when they're jogging, I want to make sure they always know that I will share all the, your social media on all of my social media, not just for uh, Madam Perry Salon, but also you know my personal for Jennifer Maudette Perry. And I, we will be back uh, Friday night with Chasm Sultan from Todd Rundgren, uh, Don Felder, Blue Oyster Cult, mm-hmm. and his own music. Cool. Can't wait. Um, he's been on before. You know everybody's. Uh, this will be a great show too. Another great show this week. I'm telling you, it's uh, it's been like magic, Doctor Farmer. So I'm going to oh, say everybody be early. be good. <laughs> good, good. I wanted you to uh, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other, folks. Uh, remember my motto: Everybody's got to swing. And uh, see you next time. Bye bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.